Today's show is brought to you by AWS Insiders, a new, edgy, entertaining podcast from CloudFix about the future of cloud computing on AWS. On every show, your hosts, Hillary and Rahul, not only bring on top industry guests, but they also debate the most contentious topics in the industry. It's a great back and forth, and every episode includes a really interesting AWS use case. We checked out AWS Insiders, and we were super impressed with not only the quality of the guests, but also the depth of experience on both sides of every discussion. Search for AWS Insiders in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. My thanks to AWS Insiders for their support. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody is doing well. We are you know, getting into the you know, the second week of December, last month of the year, last month of 2022. Hope everybody's doing well and uh, starting to get ready for holiday season, hopefully getting a chance to spend some time with family here coming up pretty soon. But uh, we did a, a recap show uh, for... AWS reInvent uh, for 2022 on the Sunday show, on the Sunday Perspective show, and kind of, you know, gave gave some, you know, on-the-ground perspective of what the show was. And typically what we do, and we're going to do again this year, is we will typically do uh, both a recap show, but also a, a show that looks at the announcements for uh, for reInvent. Obviously, you know, AWS is, is you know, frequently doing a lot of announcements. Um, you know, they, they do sort of package up a whole bunch of them, probably hold back a bunch of them to be able to do a bunch of announcements during the week of reInvent. And so what I did is, I, and what we typically do is we typically go through all the announcements. There was about 130 or so um, this year. Everything from you know, new features, um, new integrations between different services, uh, things that are announced with partners, both ecosystem partners and go-to-market partners. And typically what we do is we, we go through all of them. Uh, we kind of organize them, uh, you know, by different categories, compute and storage and data and all that sort of stuff. And and then what we do is, you know, we'll typically pull out and kind of dig into, excuse me, uh, uh, we, will, we will dig into the uh, we'll dig into the new announcements. And as I was starting to go through it, because, you know, as we mentioned in the show, there wasn't a whole lot of net new things announced uh, during the keynote. And I thought, okay, that was sort of unusual. I hadn't really gone through the list. And as I started to go through the list, I realized there were less than 10 brand new services announced. And, you know, I think it really kind of reinforces the thing we talked about in the in the Sunday Perspective show, which was, you know, not that AWS is is slowing down by any means. They're still incredibly innovative, but they're spending more time, it seems, uh, you know, based on the based on the data that we've seen, based on the announcements we've seen. They are spending more and more of their time trying to uh, do integration between their own services. So in essence, you know, focusing on trying to be a little more solution-y in their services, trying to be a little more, um, you know, do some of that integration for uh, for customers um, that they may have had to do before. And uh, and so not as many brand new services. And so what I thought I would do is not go through the 130. Um, you know, I have a link to the show and show notes, and, and, and you can go back and dig through them. They're all uh, kind of laid out by AWS. But I, what I thought I would do is kind of dig into the, the 10 brand new services. Uh, there are some interesting things there, and I think we'll do that right after the break. Looking to scale up your data storage capacity to meet growing demands? Fujifilm Tape is the foundation of a modern data strategy. Tape is a trusted data storage solution that grows alongside your business, helping you adapt to ever-changing data management needs. Providing ultimate security, the physical air gap can bring you peace of mind when it comes to storing information long-term safely and efficiently. 
Fujifilm has been innovating the manufacturing of tape for many years, creating generations of data tape that modern businesses can rely on. So what are you waiting for? Get started building your data storage strategy on tape today at builtontape.fujifilmusa.com. That's builtontape.fujifilmusa.com. It's our mission to give IT pros a break. So here it is. Wish it was longer, but to keep saving IT pros time and money, we only paid for a 30 second ad. From racks and PDUs to backup power, Eaton and Triplight have joined forces to bring more sanity to your day every day. Visit Eaton.com/slash audio today. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're gonna kind of dig into the oh, what do we got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight of the ten new services that are announced. We're not gonna dig into um, you know Amazon supply chain. We're not gonna dig into Amazon uh, clean rooms. A couple of the ones that feel like they were you know services that Amazon uses internally and is now kind of kind of bringing out. They were they were highlighted in the keynote. Uh, we're not going to dig into those, uh, but I did want to dig into about seven or eight of the the new services that are out there. Um, they got announced and, and and look to be you know relevant to our sort of part of the the, the area we cover for cloud computing. Obviously, you know as I mentioned in the. And the recap show, the Sunday Perspective show, you know, AWS has become so big. There are so many things that they cover, um, you know, whether it's call centers or, uh, you know, things tied to Alexa or whatever. You know, we don't cover a whole lot of that on this show. We, we will from time to time, but it's not an area that anybody comes to us for sort of domain expertise or depth of, of domain expertise. So I'm not going to cover those. Um, the other thing I do want to say, and I'll sort of apologize up front, um, I should have I should have recorded this earlier. It's been kind of hectic uh, for me the last few days, having traveled out to reinvent and and a few other other travels and so forth. Um, I am recording this on the road. I'm not using my normal microphone, so I will try and do the best I can to get the audio quality to to what you're used to. Uh, hopefully, we can get it uh, you know take out echo and those things. But I apologize up front for for not having uh, the best microphone with me as I travel. Those uh, tend to set off all the alarms at the airport. So uh, didn't bring along that one. Anyways, let's get into it. The first couple of announcements are really focused around trying to make things easier for application developers. So the first one is AWS Application Composer, uh, which delivers uh, you know the ability to visualize and create serverless workloads. So this is really um, think of this as like low code meets serverless. So this is this is really sort of an interesting thing. Um, an interesting new service in terms of, you know, if, if we if we talk about the things, uh, you know, we've talked about this a million times. I feel like on the show, but between low code in terms of really enabling kind of citizen developer, um, the you know the the person who you know has an idea for something they would like to do with technology, but isn't really a developer, would just love some drop and drag stuff, uh, drag and drop stuff, you know, GUI graphical types of things, and then marrying it together with serverless. So you know, how do I not have to think about compute and storage and database CPU and uh, you know database I/O and all that stuff. So um, interesting to see these two things coming together. Um, new service, uh, AWS Application Composer. The next one in the uh, sort of app dev realm uh, that we'll dig into is called Amazon Code Catalyst, um, which is again this is a little different. This is bringing together what they call a unified software development service. Um, so really, you know, kind of the idea, and we've seen this a whole bunch of times. I mean, it's, it's 
kind of like a PaaS. It's sort of like somewhere between a PaaS and an infrastructure as a service with a bunch of blueprints that are built, you know, kind of somewhat defined blueprints, um, you know, to allow, again, trying to have give more and more developers access to things that are kind of pre-built for them, pre-built templates, pre-built kind of infrastructure, um, pre-built blueprints for certain languages and frameworks and, and you know, patterns for development. Um, so another, you know, another attempt uh, by Amazon, by AWS to, you know, again, try and, you know, figure out this holy grail of, you know, somewhere between IaaS and PaaS and low code and serverless and, you know, templated blueprints, um, you know, there, there are going to be ways in which uh, developers' lives can be somewhat simplified, right? And it's always the balancing act between, you know, giving them all the tools, giving them all the primitives, giving them unlimited things that they can customize and trying to narrow it down for them so they can focus on writing code, focus on integrating with other services. And so it's interesting to see these two uh, different new approaches to trying to make developers' lives easier. Um, The next two uh, sort of fall into what I would call kind of application networking service mesh types of things. Um, So the first one is called Amazon VPC Lattice. And this is a a service network that runs across VPCs, or across, my daughter, I always get mad when I say across, uh, across VPCs. Um, So this is really kind of trying to create an overlay network uh, for service-to-service communication between VPCs or across VPCs. So, you know, as, as you're building more environments, you've got to build VPCs between them. Um, you know, this is sort of kind of a subset of what you would normally think of as a service mesh, sort of service discovery, um, some ability to do um, uh, like, um, you know, lower level encryption, like an MTLS, TLS type of thing, uh, but across VPCs. So interesting to see um, that. I think we're, we're seeing this more and more as people are trying to migrate into the cloud or you know, move applications into the cloud. You know, how do we do the, the lower level networking uh, across those environments? And the second one that sort of fits into a similar category is called Amazon ECS Service Connect. And this is, uh, this is you know, a service mesh specifically for ECS. So uh, in the past, uh, Amazon has had App Mesh which uh, could be used as a service mesh for Kubernetes environments, also for ECS environments, but it ran sort of external to clusters. This is now an in-cluster for ECS clusters. This is only for ECS, not for EKS. Uh, Service mesh for in-cluster ECS. Um, Now, uh, you know, it does, it seems to do, you know, most of what you'd expect from a service mesh in terms of service discovery and, um, you know, node identification and, and, encryption between nodes doesn't highlight what technology is being used, whether this is like an Istio or a Linkerd or something homegrown. I suspect since it's running with ECS, it's probably something homegrown, just the same way that ECS is sort of a a homegrown um, container orchestrator. Uh, But anyways, it's uh, interesting to see that evolution for ECS uh, in the container space. The next one is Amazon Security Lake. And so uh, we are seeing more and more sort of lakes in the, in the domain of, of the portfolio for Amazon. This one is around a data lake for all your security logs, all the things that you are capturing about security, um, you know, being able to, to put them into one sort of data lake, if you will. And, you know, if you think about... If you think about this, this can be incredibly important, uh, you know, because oftentimes this is information that 
uh, your security team, your CISO team, maybe your auditing team, your compliance team needs to have. You don't necessarily want to um, you know, co-mingle this data with other data because it could be highly sensitive. It could be things that you know, uh, you know, hackers or insiders uh, would love to get their hands on, but you don't want them to get their hands on. And these can grow incredibly, incredibly large depending on the level of granularity that you provide security for your services, for your endpoints, for your applications, for um, you know, all sorts of things. So interesting to see this happen. Also, the other thing is Amazon is working very closely uh, with a number of security vendors to try and start uh, defining kind of a, uh, a standardized schema for all of the security logging information. Now, we'll see whether or not that takes off or not. Um, you know, they, they had about 20 different vendors, uh, security vendors in the ecosystem that sort of signed up and said, hey, we're looking at this. Uh, but it will be interesting to see if, if Amazon is able to uh, you know, bring together a standard that really defines what a uh, security log and the things that could be in a security log. Because obviously, if you could start doing that, um, again, you, you spend far less time parsing and sort of ETLing all sorts of security information. Um, and you can focus more on, um, you know, actively monitoring stuff. And the last two things are, are what I'm going to call uh, being in the verified category. Um, the first one is AWS Verified Trust, uh, which is really a kind of a new uh, zero trust security architecture uh, for AWS. So, um, you know, you've been able to do a lot of zero trust stuff on your own. This is a much more well-defined uh, security, you know, sort of zero trust security architecture. Um, we'll have to take a look at, you know, kind of how far it's allowed to span. Does it span ECS? Does it span Kubernetes? Does it span serverless? You know, what's the, what's the kind of, you know, scope of it? Uh, but, you know, Amazon putting out a zero trust architecture as a service. And then finally, AWS Verified Permissions, which is a um, highly granular application permissions um, architecture uh, framework, if you will, uh, uses something called the Cedar framework. So a much more, you know, the ability to do incredibly granular permissions um, on kind of anything uh, or everything uh, within the within the AWS framework. So, uh, you know, Amazon sort of finishes up their last couple of new announcements with a couple of verified ones. Now, if you look through this, half of them are called AWS services. The other half are called Amazon services. For the life of me, I can't figure out why they use one versus the other. I'm sure there's some reasoning. I don't know if it's because some of them originated as services that Amazon.com built themselves and then they turned them into AWS services or some other reason. I don't know. Um, anyways, um, yeah, so, you know, 10 interesting new services, you know, a couple in the application development space, a couple in the sort of application networking service mesh space, one in the security space, and then I guess two more in the sort of security you know, verified permissions and trust, you know, zero trust space. So, um, you know, Amazon's still cranking out uh, new services, maybe not necessarily at the rate that they used to crank out, you know, brand new services, uh, you know, from, from years past. But again, as we mentioned, you know, the other, let's say 120 or so of the 130 um, new announcements were, you know, new features, new integrations in existing services. So they are by no means, uh, you know, resting on their laurels and leaving the, the existing services to sort of uh, decay or, or, uh, or get old and, and stale. So anyways, um, hope that was useful for you. Uh, like I mentioned, there are links in the show notes to all of the new Amazon uh, 2022 announcements, and that's just 130 new ones in, in the day's in which reInvent happens. So basically from, you know, November, uh, 
you know, like November 27th to December 1st. So it doesn't include the other announcements that Amazon's made throughout the year. You're welcome to, to go look at those. Those are all in the same uh, links in the show notes as well. So with that, I'll wrap it up. It's kind of a short, short one for Wednesday. Um, we will be back on Sunday with another Sunday Perspective show. But thank you all for, for tuning in. Uh, this is the second of, of two AWS reInvent ones. It'll be the last one uh, for this year. And then we're going we're gonna to wrap up. We've got a couple of more shows this year. And then we're going to do a couple of, uh, of year-end wrap-up shows and prediction shows shows. Those are always um, some of the most listened to of the year. So uh, really, really, really appreciate you always tuning in for those. Uh, we will have a, a final mailbag at the end of the year as well. Folks have been sending in questions all year long. So we'll get to some really, really interesting questions there as well. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Um, the show continues to do extremely well. It's been a, a great year in 2022. We can't thank you enough for that. We are always incredibly humbled that uh, that the community continues to grow. So thank you again. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 